0: Thank you so much for all the singing tonight. And um, I usually do this part, the last of the service, but I would like to just take a few minutes here and introduce you. Many of you, I think some of you, uh, subscribe to the magazine, the Intercessor magazine. It's very unique. It's just about prayer. You won't find anything in here criticizing other other groups and cliques and things but but you will find the teaching on prayer and it will keep prayer in your home it's only twenty dollars a year and and uh, and you'll know some of the preachers uh, that writes for the magazine Uh, some are some of some of them is our leaders in fundamentalism and some Nobody even know they are just pastoring some little church somewhere, and uh, in their little corner of the world, but doing a great job. And um, and so uh, Jeanette will be back at the table after the service, and go by and look at it. At least uh, it may be something you would like to uh, subscribe to. Let me call your attention tonight to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter six. But before I get into the message tonight i want I want to read something to you that um, was given to me many years ago. I was going through a hard time in the ministry and and uh, I was having throat trouble and all kind of things. and I wasn't in my twenties. And uh, that's been that been a long time ago, and I'm not one of the young guys anymore. I'm one of the old older guys. You know, I realized that one day when uh, I was talking to this preacher, and the kitchen helped, called called for uh, called for all the young men at the table to come back to the kitchen to help the ladies uh, in the kitchen. And one of them said, I'll be there in a minute. I'm out out here talking to the old preachers. Well, I looked around. There wasn't but, but one old preacher there at the table, and that was me. And I said, my goodness, I'm not one of the young guys no more. One of the old guys walking around with a cane and Falling and busting up my wrists and arms and having to have surgery. Boy, I'll tell you one thing getting old is not for sissies. Amen. Can I hear an amen right there? I'm telling you, it's not. But um, someone gave this to me. I was, like I said, I was going through a hard time. And um, someone uh, walked up to me and said, uh, Brother Beckham, uh, I want you, I want want to give you something. I think it will help you. And so I got it, and I've had it for years and years and years. And once in a while, I'll hear someone back there at the table talking about hard times, and uh, sometimes they'll just volunteered Um, Brother Beck I'm going through a hard time my heart's bad I have cancer my kids are rebellious Um, all kind of stuff and so let me me read this to you it won't take but a few moments I'm not going to preach long tonight I got one of my short messages tonight it's four hours long okay but if you smile at me we'll get done quicker there you go Forgive me when I whine. Have you ever heard it? Anyone ever heard it? Forgive me when I whine. Today upon a bus I saw a lovely maiden with golden hair. I envied her so beautiful and now I wish I was so fair. When suddenly she rose to leave, I saw her hobble down the aisle. She had one foot and wore a crutch. But as she passed, she wore a smile. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two feet, and the world is mine. And when I stopped to buy some sweets, the lad who served me had such charm. He seemed to a good cheer. His manner was, manner was so kind and warm, I said, it's nice to deal with you, such courtesy I seldom find. He turned and said, oh, thank you, sir. And then I saw that he was blind. Oh, God, forgive me when I whine. I have two eyes, and the world is mine. Then when walking down the street, I saw a child with eyes of blue. He stood and watched the others play play it seemed he knew not what to do I stopped a moment then I said why don't you join the others dear he looked ahead without a word I realized he could not hear oh God forgive me when I whine I have good I have two ears and the world is mine with feet to take me where I I would go with eyes to see the sunset glow. With ears to hear what I would know. I am blessed indeed. The world is, is mine, oh God. Forgive me when I whine. How about you? Huh? How about you? It could be worse. It could be worse. Uh, and as he walked through the day, he met those people that showed him he was a blessed man. And I was just sitting up here thinking, I'm a blessed man. Amen. And and it dawned on me, you're a blessed people. Amen. Amen. Amen? Think about it. And then put a smile on your face. Is that a... That's a big old black ant. I wonder if, if the... He won't bite me. Uh, he won't eat much. Well, he might eat my finger. That one won't. <laughs> that one's uh, gone to bug heaven, wherever that is. Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. Preaching on this subject tonight in the secret place with God. I hope you have a secret place. I hope you have a saluted place. I hope you have a private place. I hope you have that restricted area where you can pray to God. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, the Bible says, And when thou prayest, not if thou prayest, but when thou prayest, thou shalt be, as, be not as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, and, and they may be, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but thou, when thou prayest, Enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Now the passage which contains our Lord's Sermon on the Mount is before us. And it contrasts true prayer with false prayer. And the best illustration we have of these two kind of prayer is in this parable that Jesus is going to explain to us from the Word of God tonight. Look in Luke chapter 18 with me. Luke chapter 18, verse 10 down to verse 13. The Bible says two men went up into the temple to pray. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one, a Pharisee, and the other, a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, "God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this publican. He might have even pointed his old bony finger at him. Then he continues." I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess, and the publican standing far off, would not even lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but spoke upon his breast, saying, God be merciful to me a sinner. The the Pharisee, we are told, prayed with himself. His prayer did not go beyond the ceiling of the temple in which he was praying. But on the other hand, the, the, the publican's prayer reached the ear of God. That's what we want. We don't want to go through the motions of being religious. We want... We want God's ear to hear our heart when it prays. And so the burden of what our Lord is saying to us in Matthew 6, 5 through 8, concerns the importance of secret prayer, private prayer, closet prayer, a place where we go and recognize the presence of God and be conscious of him, and love on him as he loves on us, as he hears us talk to him. This is the vital requirement of the the life of every Christian. There is absolutely no substitute for the closet prayer. You must have one. Why should you have one? Why must you have one? Because Jesus says, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And he says not only enter into thy closet, but he also says to shut the door. If you don't shut the door, guess what? The world's going to go into your closet with you the devil's going to go in there with you. All your cares and all your burdens and all your problems are going to go in there and they're not going to go in there for you to give them to God, but they're going to go in there to mess you up. So the old Puritans used to teach back in the 16th century, not only go into the prayer closet, but they taught you go in there and don't you just shut the door, but you lock the door. You make sure that nothing is going to go in there to mess you up. Because I got news for you. The devil doesn't like us, doesn't like people like us, and he, he's out to destroy every, every one of our testimonies. He is out to destroy every church in the world. And he's doing a good job of it in this day and time. So what I'm saying to you, I'm saying that Matthew is very important to be preached in our pulpits across this world. It is vitally important. It is the most important teaching in the Bible other than salvation. Who said that? Who said that? The Apostle Paul said that in First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Oh, we were taught wrong in the seminaries, and we were taught wrong in the Bible colleges, and we have been taught wrong in many of our churches when we put something be, be ahead of prayer. What is prayer, Brother Beckham? I'll say it again. Prayer is a relationship with God. If you do not have a relationship with God, you cannot pray. You won't have a desire to pray. You won't have a desire to live for God. You won't have a desire to study the Bible. You won't have a desire to come to church during revival time. So here it is. The first thing that really counts in our lives as believers of our Lord and Jesus Christ is not the amount of service we render, the number of meetings we attend, or how many sermons we preach, or even the fact that we are regularly at the church prayer meeting. All of that doesn't amount to nothing if you don't have a relationship with God. It goes right back to being born again truly born again by the grace of God someone said brother Beckham do you believe in repentance I do I do and the results of repentance is a walk with God the results of repentance is a changed life if a man be in Christ he is a new creature A person that says, I am saved, and he is not different, you better check up. Yeah. Amen? The first thing that counts for more than anything else is our appreciation of and our practice of private prayer. I love it when I hear someone says, I love to talk to God. I love to walk with God. I love to listen to God. Amen? All of that comes through the prayer closet. And indeed, it is true to say that the test as to the real value and the power of a Christian life is not in those things that I just mentioned, but it is the real communion and the fellowship that we have with God. In some of these meetings, I ask, Have you talked to the Father today? Have you talked to the Father today? Oh, I know you're busy. I know you you do your job. I know you may have passed out of track. I know you may have read your psalm in the morning. I know you may have read your proverb. And I know you might have spoke good of somebody today. Tootie, toot, toot to You. I tell people. But that doesn't mean that you are spiritual. Hello? Go ahead, bro. It doesn't mean that you are spiritual. Matthew chapter 6 in verse 6, it says, But thou, when thou prayest, prayers should be regular. It should, be, it, it should be the regular, the sustained, the joyful habit in the life of every child of God. So if I stopped right now and just walked around and, and asked each one of you, have you prayed today? Have you spent time with God today? What would your answer be? Could you truthfully say I talked to God without ceasing today? I talked to God everywhere that I went to today. I'm always a praying. I try not to ever faint. That is the biblical way of praying. See, most people don't even think about prayer unless They're going through a trying time unless they hear that dreadful word cancer or you have lost your job. And the first thing that comes out of our mouth is, oh God. But it should be the first thing that comes out of our mouth in the morning time when we wake up, oh God, thank you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. So. So we should therefore pause at this point and ask the question, how much do we really know of the secret place with God? What do you know about that place? Do you have a place? If not, start tonight having a place. But before you choose a place... There's some things that you must have. And I'm going to repeat myself of what I said in the beginning. The very first thing you've got to have is a relationship with God. Before you can ever approach God, you must be born again. Can I say that again? Before you can ever have a relationship with God, you must be born again. Not just a member of a church. Not just baptism. But you must have a relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Notice in Matthew 6, 6, the Bible says, Pray to thy father and thy Father shall reward thee. Notice that Jesus did not say, pray to the Father. But he said, pray to thy Father. And this makes it clear that before we can enjoy the privilege or know anything of the power of prayer, we must first know God. John puts it this way. We must be born again. John 3 verse 5 it says, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But a lot of people are trying to. They are trying to. So, when I turn to the book of John chapter 17, I find my Lord Jesus talking about the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes people will come up to me and say, Brother Beckham, I have memorized the Lord's Prayer. And I say, wow, all 27 verses? Oh, no. No, there's not 27 verses in Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13. That's not the Lord's Prayer, sir, ma'am. That is the model prayer. That's the disciples' prayer. That is the friend's prayer. That is the man's prayer. But it is not the Lord's prayer. You know why it's not the Lord's prayer? Because the Lord could never have prayed that prayer. Forgive. He didn't have any trespasses to forgive. He had no sins to forgive. He was was without spot or blemish. Amen? So that's the model prayer. And it's okay to memorize it. It's okay to quote it. It's okay to preach it. But don't tell anybody it's the Lord's Prayer because it's not. But if you really want to know the Lord's Prayer, it's in John 17. It's a wonderful prayer too. So the model prayer in verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6 begins with the word, Our Father. Verse 9, how does God become our Father? How do we become his children? I have told you we must be born again, but how do we get born again? Look in John 1, verse 12 through 13. There's all kind of religions out there. There's all kind of uh, teachings out there today, but we must stay with the Bible. Amen. 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 John 1, verse 12. How does God become our father? How do we become his children? Listen. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man. But how can a man get saved? How does a man get saved? It is of God. It is of the grace of God. Amen. Amen. It's through the conviction of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost takes the preaching of the word of God. He applies it to the sinner's heart. Then he puts the will there to cry out or repent and call upon the name of God to save them. Then they have a desire to get baptized and join the church and live for God. Amen. Amen. And if that's not the way it is in your life, you better check up. Amen. Amen. But I've been preaching 25 years. It doesn't matter if you've been preaching 125 years. It doesn't matter if you're a deacon. It doesn't matter if you're a Sunday school teacher. It doesn't... We've got to start somewhere with this closet of prayer. And where do we start with a relationship with God? Amen. Amen. You won't even have a desire to have one unless you are truly born again. Hello? Amen. Yeah. yeah. And then number two out of 25 points. <laughs> number two, you catch that? We have communion with our Heavenly Father. If we're going to have communion with our Heavenly Father, there must be reverence. Would you look at Isaiah 57 and verse 15? In that verse, and I won't take time to read it, but in that verse, we are told that God is holy and we too should be holy. Amen. If we are not a holy people and show respect to God, then there, there, there would be no reverence in our lives. Look in Exodus chapter 3, and verse 3 through 6, and I'm going to say some things that might just get you thinking. I hear people come into the house of God every week I'm in a different church 48 weeks a year. Been doing that for 21 years, preaching for 57 years. And I hear all kind of stuff that comes out of the mouth of church people. There's very little reference to God anymore. There's very little reference to God's house anymore. We come in and we talk about our golf game, the deer we killed, the fish that we taught, and most of those shouldn't even be talked about because you start out with a minute about that long, and when you talk about 30 minutes, he's as long as this pulpit. <laughs> Hello? But when we come into the house of God, I believe we ought to walk in with reference and sit down after we shake some hands and sit down and show God a little bit of reference. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 3 through 6, he talked to Moses about being on holy ground. This place is not the church. But it's, it's where the church worships God. Amen. It should be clean. Yes. Amen. Amen. And there should be nothing talked about in this place that will bring reproach to God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And uh, so he told Moses, Moses, buddy, you're on holy ground. Take off your shoes. Yeah. Amen. You're on holy ground. Look in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 20. When we pray, we must come to the throne of grace with holy boldness. As the writer of the Hebrews exhorts us, he says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which ye have consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh but at the same time we must come with deep reverence, remembering to whom we are coming to and that we are but dust and ashes in his sight but he is the perfect God How unworthy we are. How unworthy we are. You hear me? We are to come into the presence of the Holy God and yet how wonderful it is that through the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ we may come. But if it was left up to my old flesh, I wouldn't be able to. But it's because... Of the blood of Jesus Christ and the merits of God, that I am able to walk right into the presence of God. And I am able to talk to Him. I am able to put down all my burdens in front of Him. I am able to put down this church, every church I go into. I try to pray for the church during the week. But if, 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 if I wasn't showing reference to God and if I didn't know him as his child, then I couldn't do that. How about that? Amen. Walking down the hallway some years ago, I heard these people fussing at one another Using profanity. Gossiping. Down the aisle. Here I am. I didn't know him. I had never been there. Didn't know the church. I knew of the church. Walking down the hall. That's what I'm hearing. And I'm thinking, oh my. They're going to they gonna think that someone told me what they were saying. If I... If the Lord leads me to deal with this. Guess what? He led me to say something. And when I, when I said it, I said it as lovingly as I knew how. But how can you say, keep your mouth shut? <laughs> lovingly. Very lovingly, I say, watch what you say in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Yes. Watch what you say, because God's everywhere. Amen. Amen. And He and and He tells us to pray everywhere. But if we if we if we don't have this stuff in our life, how in the world can we even talk to Him? How can we carry out those commands in the Bible? Pray everywhere, pray always, pray without ceasing. How can we carry that out if we don't have a true relationship with God? Hello? We can't. We can't. And then number three, there must be reality in our prayers. When we pray, our prayers must be real. We must pray with sincerity. Charles Spurgeon says in this connection, he said, the prayer of the heart is the heart of prayer. Jesus tells us that we are to pray not as the hypocrites are, and the word hypocrites really means play actors. When we come before the Lord in prayer, and we shouldn't babble and make long prayers like the heathen do. We're not to use vain repetitions. What is vain repetitions? It's useless babbling, it's just trying to be religious and, and, and a play actor and just trying to get by. I won't tell you the whole story, but when I first went to California years ago, they were looking for actors. One of the preachers said, I said, I would like to go and see Hollywood. He said, there's nothing to see. I said, but I want to see it. But Brother Beckham It's nothing to look at. I said, I'm a Georgia boy, and I want to see Hollywood. Come on now. Nothing to see. Mumbling. Would you take me, please? Well, that was nearly... Fifteen years ago, I guess now oh five oh six, and I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I've seen the sign, but anyway, th- he said they were they were uh, looking for actors, and I said I can I can I can uh, take care of that problem in one one in one meeting. See, sir, I preach to Independent Baptists. And I I, I tell you, they are some of the best actors in the world. (laughs) Amen. Amen. They would put the Duke to shame and all these other actors. I've seen them, boy, they can put on the dog. (laughs) They can sing like mockingbirds and they can, I mean, they can really put the dog on, but... But when the light of the grace of God shines upon their life, whoa, the true them pops out. Amen. 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 Yeah. We should show some reverence in our worshiping with God. Look in Matthew chapter 15. Aren't we having fun? Matthew chapter 15, verse 8 and 9. This sounds like an independent Baptist church here too. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching the doctrines, the commandments of men. We come to the house of God with an unforgiving spirit, a gossiping spirit, full of envy, and we expect God To bless us. Hello? Mm. But the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So here I am. Acting. Putting on an act. Now here's the question. Over here, have you today talked to the Father? Have you studied the Word? Have Have you done the commandments of what a Christian should do on a daily basis? Have you done that today? He said, no, you're acting. If Brother Benny have not prayed today, if I have not done the things, the essential things that God says I should be doing, I'm acting. A church that acts with lip service only, Is on its way out. It's not going to be many more years. They're going to be gone. Some of the greatest churches that I knew as a young man is not even in operation today. Some of the Bible colleges that I attended, let me tell you, they're not even in operation today. Something happened. There was a breakdown. And what was the breakdown? They forgot the relationship part. They forgot being referenced to God's part. And they just started acting. God doesn't like that. We have turned his house into a den of thieves. We have allowed the the thief of prayerlessness. We have allowed all these thieves to come into our churches and destroy them from inside. So what do we need to do? We need to return back to the secret place. Amen. Yeah. We need to walk in there and clean it up. Amen? Amen. Yes, sir. It's not time to quit. Somebody may, may think, well, Brother Beckham, we might as well just, man, this, this is really tough stuff. We might as well just quit. It's not quitting time. Amen. Amen. That's right. It's confession time. It's repentance time. It's time to get right. Out of the book of Joel last night, it's just time. And we don't have much time, but it's time. Would you turn with me to Hebrews 11, verse 6? We must pray believingly. It is the prayer of faith which gains the ear and the response of God. (coughs) The Bible says, for without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And in closing, I'll leave with you a quote from Dr. Andrew Murray. He says, well much in the inner chamber. With a shut door. Shut in from man, shut up to God. It is where the Father waits for you, and it is there Jesus will teach you to pray, to be along in secret with your Father. This is the highest joy. I love, I love to study. I'd love to sit in my study at home and, and look at the thousands of commentaries and just sit there and, and just just talk to Spurgeon and talk to Moses and talk to E.M. Bounds and talk to F.B. Meyer and talk to all these preachers. Got them all in my office. They, they live there. But you know... There is no one in the world like God. Boy, old boy, I just forget all them other men. As I sat there, this around twelve or one o'clock today, I think it was. I just sat there behind my desk, thinking about tonight. Talking, talking to the Father about what I was going to say tonight boy it was good it was sweet keep you out of hot water too hey. Hey. keep you out of trouble too amen so there it is in the secret place with God In the secret place with God. I am so glad that I learned about the secret place with God 21, 22 years ago now, I guess. Best thing ever happened to me. But it came with a price. Came with a price. Yeah. And what a price it was. But after almost fifteen, sixteen years somewhere in there. Yeah, God took my first wife, but he gave me a second wife. And you know, even though God has been good to me, I feel like I, I just let him down. Sometimes I just preach my heart out and nothing happens. Can't even hear a holy grunt. But you know I've learned something. I don't preach for amens. I preach to hear from God. And only, I I have learned this, only those that are truly His is going to respond to the messages. I had to learn that. And boy, it was tough. Because I was brought up and pastored camp meeting churches and, and, and my people my people would throw their own hat down the shaft and run the aisles and, and Southern gospel music and all this stuff. And the first time I got up in the pulpit and preached a message monotone, my friend said, "What's wrong with him?" The devil must be here. It is so quiet. Then I learn a second lesson. When God is truly there, uh, most of the time, people are quiet. There's very little noise. And then there is a third lesson and a fourth lesson. And now here I am, and it scares me to death sometimes. When the preacher, when I know the preacher is about to introduce me, it's a wonder you don't hear my knees a knocking. Lord, it's me. It's me, oh Lord. Just let me say what you want me to say and get down amen you have heard what God told me to say to you tonight now I have to take my hands off of it it's not it's, it's not my message to deliver anymore it's, it's, it's already out there now it's up to you Father, I love you. I thank you for Faith Baptist Church, a church that I loved, learned to love a few years back, Pastor Paul and his wife, his staff. Lord, I, I just pray tonight that as the word went over into the Ears and the hearts and the souls and the minds of these people. Lord, they'll listen. And they won't just render lip service but heart service so that you can send truly a true Holy Ghost revival to this place. Help them, Lord, not to live in the past. But, but to live in the present and to expect you to bless as you did 20, 30 years ago and even in a greater way. God help us now to follow you and be obedient to you. Pray for the salvation of, of, of the lost here tonight. I pray they'll get saved by your good grace. I hang my hands now and I give give this service to you. In Jesus' name.